Welcome to Bitch Talk, booze interviews straight from the heart of San Francisco. I'm Erin. That's Ange. Hi. That's Char. Hello. You can find us at bitchtalkpodcast.com where you can sign up for our monthly e-news. For behind-the-scenes videos and two-minute clips of our interviews, head to our YouTube channel and subscribe. You can find us every other Thursday morning at 9.30 a.m. at bff.fm. And if you like what you hear, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For the love of God, do it. It really helps. We're already recording. I'm just going to do a quick intro. We've got Shang Wang on the show. Uh, He's a comedian, if you haven't heard of him. And today... He's dropped his Netflix special, Sweet and Juicy, directed by his friend, Ali Wong. What the fuck? What is happening? <laughs> <laughs> Your world is exploding. Yeah. Hello. And you're sitting in the bathroom with us. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Honored. Thank you. For <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, it's an exciting time. Um, yeah, I don't I don't really know. I, I, I don't know how to process this you know i'm just excited there's anxiety there's i don't know i don't know what's going on i don't know what's going to happen i think things might be you know changing and we'll see um but i woke up early and i didn't go back to sleep you know doing that thing right where i I need to go to bed early now because i i just wake up and i start thinking about what what, what, i don't know for for a while it was it was just a special like the whole once we locked down the day to record it if I thought about it, it would be hard for me to go back to bed, mm. you know, and that's how it was for the first half of the year. Um, and then now we're here to, you know, we're here the premiere date and it's exciting and yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Well, I am glad. I am glad that we're interviewing you the day that it comes out, because I, I have to tell you, I've been really excited to watch it. And the first thing I did this morning was like, turn it on and watch it with my sisters and you have nothing to be fucking worried about Shang. It's incredible. Uh, we were laughing. I was tearing up. I mean, I think you've read my journal, some of those jokes, yeah. um, because I was just like, I was right there and it's just the kind of comedy that we really need right now. I think it really, you have a unique voice, which is so cliche to say, but you really do. But before we dive into that, I have a little backstory to get into with you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the last time we saw you, was in 2017. We had you on Bitch Talk. It was forever ago. Uh, Mm -hmm. But I don't know if you remember much about that day, but uh, we were all going to see you at the punchline that evening. Mm -hmm. So all of us, Limber's, Aaron's partner, my sister, we were all going to see you that night at the punchline. And we ended our interview. I live a couple blocks away. So I was like, it's a sunny day. Come have some drinks with us on Mm -hmm. the balcony, Shane. You know, so we went, we hung out. We were having a good time. I called my sister she, who was at work at the time? Because I'm like, hey, get off early. Shang's over. We're having drinks. Come join us. And she she told me, you invited him over to our place and my underwear and bras are drying in the kitchen. And she's like, a famous person is in our house with my underwear and bras drying in the kitchen. And she was like appalled, dismayed. I don't know. All mortified, mortified. <laughs> and I was like. Oh, I didn't even think about that. And she I feel like she's still mad to this day. Like I feel like oh. she's still awaiting revenge on me. So I have to know, did you notice her underwear and bras in the kitchen? And if so, did you judge her because of it? Oh, tell her don't I, even trip. Settle don't the even... fight, Shang. Yeah, and there's no there's no need for any of that. No, no, no drama necessary at all. No, I mean like I mean if there was 
it's not like I'm, you know, I'm not that, that doesn't, that doesn't, I don't, I don't even notice that stuff. You know, like I grew up with my sisters and, you know, my mom and aunties and, you know, is I mean, but to, and, and, you know, like my girl, I, got, I live with my partner and, 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 and like, um, yeah, I'm, I'm used to seeing all that stuff. And, 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 but to be honest, I feel like there was laundry just generally because you have that building has that light, that light shaft in the middle where yes. people have their windows facing. Yeah. Um, and I think there's like people with laundry there, right? Yeah. That's just what you do in San Francisco. And you live yeah. in New York. I mean, yeah. you see that shit all the time, yeah. right? She I, was mortified. Yeah. I, I, I mean, to be honest, like I like there's something about that vibe that I enjoy. I, I probably took photos of like people's laundry in the light in that in that thing. Like because that, that's a memory that I have, actually. But I don't I don't remember your roommate's underwear laying around. I just remember like <laughs> that 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 column of light there. Aunt, aunt is safe. She's so okay. you might have pictures of ants underwear. OK, now we have yeah. a new fight. OK, well, <laughs> I might have photos. <laughs> OK, good. Now we can carry on. Thank you, Shane. Yeah, no problem. Shane, oh, yeah, yeah. Shane a lot. <laughs> a lot has happened since 2017. Like we we're still going through kind of a pandemic light. Like how was your pandemic and how did you spend it? Were you doing online comedy? Were you just like in a hole somewhere eating avocados like what was going on um it was rough dude i i don't think i handled it well i think it was pretty traumatic i mean i'm sure it's traumatic for everybody but you know i was privileged enough to like not have to do frontline stuff or be at work or anything i mean everything was canceled for me um i don't know i try to be um I would cook. I, I'd cooked a lot. I cooked every meal in our, I mean, at the time it was me and my partner. And then um, a childhood friend of mine was also, we had planned for him to come visit before the pandemic happened. And so he was already on the calendar to come over, but what was supposed to be a couple of weeks became like three, four months or something like that. Really? And it was the, you know, it was the, he was, he was here from the start. And I remember like the day we all locked down, I had done a show the night before and uh, that was, I think that was a Wednesday night. And then we found out everybody was getting it. That was when Tom Hanks got it yeah, and, and, right. and the NBA canceled. And that was the last, that was that night. I read, I had, I got all that. I, I, I read all that news and then did my show <laughs> and I was like, goodbye, everybody. We'll see you. I don't know when, but you know, um, and then I canceled my hair appointment the next day. Um, <laughs> yeah and my, my barber my, my lady my, my hairdresser lady she was like she always wanted me to have long hair but she wasn't she didn't seem like i mean i don't know i, I couldn't it was just text but she didn't seem happy that i had it canceled but anyways her dream came true <laughs> i went back with long hair. um yeah it was rough so i i, I had i had two people that, you know it was kind of a you know we had some space but with all the three of us all of a sudden together for that long during this time, it was rough. I cooked every meal for about uh, three months. I think wow. I don't think we even ordered out. Um, it was crazy. It was a lot of extremes. There was like a, maybe like a week period where I was like, I'm talking too much and I'm, I'm, I'm not, and it's not good. And I just like did like a silent retreat. Wow. <laughs> Your own silent retreat? Yeah. Okay. I felt like I was being just, I was just too crazy. And pe I think it was good for everybody for me to just be quiet. 
Wow. So you're growing your hair long. You're meditating silently. A little bit of a month. That kind of sounds healthy. going on. Yeah. I mean, I was, you know, I was drinking a lot. You was smoking a lot of weed, um, mm-hmm. and taking a lot of walks. Um, well, actually, not for the first whatever. First, even the first like month, I feel like a walk sound. It seemed it just seemed scary. Mm-hmm. Around. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I was so I was, I was terrified. There was a lot of anxiety. Um, but I cooked a lot. That always helped. Cooking always led to drinking for me, and it still does. Whenever I have like a bad day, and I'm just like, it's time to cook dinner or whatever, and it's like one in the afternoon, I'll just start having a glass of wine. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Did you take out on your walks? Did you take out your camera? Are you still doing that? Yeah, um, I always have. I mean, I, I don't really carry a camera around like I used to, but you mm-hmm. know, I always have my phone, and so yeah, I'm still loving nature and mm. taking walks and appreciating underwear <laughs> hanging on the window sills. <laughs> I mean, for me, it's all, it's, it's a vibe, you know, the lighting on that underwear is what's yeah. curious to me. <laughs> well, I, I was, I wonder throughout all of this, like, did you have a creative block? When were you able to start writing jokes again to even kind of get back into that? that vibe yeah. of being productive in that way i mean i don't i i mean, I, I, didn't, I didn't do any of that those those online shows i did maybe one or two and it mm-hmm. just like kind of killed me and it didn't give me you know usually those shows are like just a basic part of your almost daily life you know and it's sort of like a way to schedule your like a rhythm you know, like, 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 like the sun goes up and down, you, the comedians go and do a set and, you, you know, before the set, you get ready for the set. And after the set, you, you, you have like, I don't know, it, it's just, it's just, a, it's, it kind of underpins the schedule for a lot of us. Um, mm. And it was sort of a reset. Every time you, you do the set, then you're kind of done. That's kind of what you were working towards that day. And then the next day you started, you start new. So when you stopped that process, it just, and every day just you know there was no reset it just felt like I don't know what's going on and I, I it was hard to I wasn't really pumping out any any much, much material I mean I, w- I would just jot down things of course like I always do just ideas and moments and thoughts um and that's it I would just jot it down and I, I didn't really have a, a an outlet a place to work on that you know to share and to 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 to, to hone or anything so I just had like a big document of thoughts um, until it was time, until we were like able to get back out there. And I think my first set was in October. We, I did an outside show um, back in 2020. So that was like five. Wow. Yeah. And I just needed um, to know that I, 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 I could still do it and I wanted to still do it. And it was immediate. Like I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> yes, yes. Were a lot of your comedian friends or friends in the business feeling the same way as you? Were you able to at least commiserate a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I think everyone was just, yeah, I think so. I think everyone was just, you know, going through it. I, I mean, you know, yeah, we, we would try to support each other. There was definitely like, you know, weekly kind of regular phone calls and things mm. and, and hangs. Um yeah. I think what you're talking about, like, obviously what we've all been through is trauma and we're really not going to be able to fully process it until years later. But in a way that it it was healthy because you were taken out of this world for a while, able to reflect, 
and come back to it with fresh eyes to see, is this really what I want to do? Is this really mm-hmm. something that I love? I'm hoping that all of us come out on the other end of this with a new realization of what we want to do, what's fulfilling to us. And, you know, with a, with a new found excitement for life and what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's key. Um, yeah. It's sort of like renewing your vows or something. Comedy vows. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, I guess, you know, yeah, it's, it's a good time, uh, you know, to, to do, to do that. And for me, it was, yeah, it was a confirmation and I felt good and I wanted to keep doing it. Um, yeah. And I definitely also learned just other, I mean, I learned to cook a few new things. I was going to say, what are the key recipes we need to know about? I mean, pizza, pizza was a big one. There was, you know, there was a couple of recipes that got passed around and I I was big on one of of those. uh, It was the King Arthur recipe with the pan pizza. Round table? You cook it in a a cast iron generally or a big heavy pan and you get these crispy, crispy edges and Mm -hmm. crust. Um, and that was a really fun one to get. And I, and I, and I got into peppers. I mean, I've always loved spicy food, but, um, I, I, I like found some new appreciation for peppers. Um, I mean, there was the hatch, you know, Oh yes. Hatch chilies. Yes. Mm. Oh yeah. Right. So you get in, I think it's right now. We just ordered. Yes. We just ordered five pounds. Mm-hmm. So I, I, at the time it was like, it was like July, 2020, I guess. And I remember it was season and I got a bunch and I, I'm still working through that. I, 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 I roasted them, I yes. froze them and I, I'm on my last bag. Um, but I bought a bunch and it was like a project it was like, get all these hats, chilies. Um, and I was messing around with, you know, Serrano's and, and, yes. and, you know, just basic jalapenos and putting them in vinegar and just doing like hot pickles um oh speaking my language (laughs) but i i i I was on one of these long we did a drive to houston at one point during the pandemic and it was just like we didn't stop for we we camped out we didn't even you know we didn't stay at a hotel we were just so conservative Mm -hmm. and during the drive i I randomly like just put on a podcast about some there was a couple some ladies talking about chili peppers (laughs) (laughs) and one of them was talking about the grassiness of jalapenos. Mm. And I've always eaten jalapenos. I mean, I've been, you know, jalapeno popping since middle school. <laughs> yeah. um, since they first came out at Jack in the Box. Yeah. yeah. Jalapenos are, you know, jalapeno chips. Like all, all of these. Yes. It's, a, it's, you know, and, and I remember pickled jalapenos from like Popeyes or, you know, mm-hmm. um, like it was a part of my childhood. But like when she described, she pointed out the specifically the, the the grassiness of how I mean it's so apparent it's so right there, but I've never thought about it in that term, and it unlocked something. Um, but I was just like I just I just it renewed my love for jalapenos, and then I, that that led me to like appreciating serranos more because they're also grassy like jalapenos but a lot more kick. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of you know one of the new found like appreciations and, and, and I don't know insight I, I think I think I think that's kind of what life is about maybe is like when you when you you know even those basic things in life when you find a new term to describe something and it, and it helps you you know appreciate it in, in a whole new way um that's pretty exciting and, and, I, and I think that kind of is how I do my stand-up 
Mm. Yes. Thank you for saying that, because I eat jalapenos like like apples. Like I'll just bite like enjoy one as a snack, afternoon snack. And when you talk about finding joy in these little things, I have to go back to your special right quick because you bring up Costco more than once. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that is my happy place. I talk about Costco all the time on Bitch Talk. Like I want to be a brand ambassador. Seriously, the (laughs) the $1.50 hot dog is the best deal in town. Um, And I have like, I've lost count of how many pairs of pants from Costco I've purchased. So I think, I don't know. I think that, you know, they get a bad rap and they're very nice quality pants. (laughs) I'm just saying, I mean, they're very comfortable. I've actually bought some for my sisters. Like here, I wanted to spread the joy. Spread the joy. That's what it's, that's what I'm about. Yeah. I I support that. Um, yeah, it's, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a weird, very relatable thing i mean i it's it's kind of um uh i mean it's just such a common experience for people in their 30s and 40s now costco <laughs> like the the, the pro- progression you know first getting your membership <laughs> thing, you know your own membership and I, you know we went big we got to the executive club immediately damn it just, it just seemed like it was a they sell it to you like it does it makes sense like the the, the money you pay for it you get it back in in, in those rebates <laughs> So why not? For the prestige, you know, you get the prestige for, the for free, prestige. basically. <laughs> <laughs> you get a flex your uh, black executive card yeah. membership. Yes. You know? <laughs> um I think it's a black card with gold gold font on there. Uh <laughs> gold typeface. Uh yeah. And then and then yeah, your whole progression. First you're just excited about, I don't know, snacks and drinks. <laughs> and then you notice the berries and power greens are really uh <laughs> competitive price, you know? <laughs> the ribs are too. <laughs> they're, uh, yeah. They're, the five dollar roast chicken that can last um, all week. That's that's <laughs> <laughs> just saying thank you yeah they i mean it at five bucks they've kept it at five or less than it's like 488 or whatever it is like that's that that's the bait for them you know those hot dogs and yes. chicken that that's what brings you there aren't they bringing up prices though i thought i don't think that recently i thought the hot dogs and the pizza maybe no I, I swear i saw that the hot okay. dog is i was just there the hot dog is still <laughs> 150 i was just there like last week don't worry about it they gave me a 20 year heads up <laughs> as an executive club level. Um, so let's talk about sweet and juicy though. I mean, how did this all come together for you? I don't really know. Um, I mean, I don't know exactly. I mean, you know, it's, this has kind of been, I guess the goal, I guess the goal for most comedians is to get an hour special out there at some point. And, you know, I put it on, I did a half hour special on Comedy Central like a long time ago. I remember that. I put out a, an album kind of a long time ago too. <laughs> and then I was, I was, I was writing for Fresh Off the Boat, kind of took some time mm-hmm. off from stand up or it really slowed me down. And um, I went back doing a stand up and I started touring with Allie in 2018. And I, and I, and I told myself, you know, cause I, yeah, I did. I, I was on Fresh Off the Boat writing as a TV writer for three years, and it was a amazing experience. But it was kind of at this crossroads of like, well, do you want to just like make this a career and you know do this, or do you want to do stand up and get that hour out there? And so I I, I went I went for the hour. Um, that was 2018, and 
things were just building. It was like, it was, you know, it was a great time touring with Ali and um, got a lot of experience, built, built some fan bases. Um, and yeah, and it was just so good to, it was just such a good experience to see her, you know, be comfortable and do, do, do theater shows so many times. Um, so I was building my hour and I got to the point where it seemed like it was, it was, it was, it was a good show. It was a good show. I did the com a, new, a comedy festival in New York. And I think some, you know, I think HBO was sort of wanting to talk about maybe doing a special. Um, and I don't know. I don't know exactly how it happened. I think I thought, you know, of course I discussed this with Ali at some point and we were just kind of, I don't know, casually talking about maybe she could uh, direct it. Mm -hmm. Um and and so it was sort of like do you know who 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 you know where should what platform should we go with and it netflix started to make more sense and they were open to 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 that conversation and so this was all before the pandemic and we were like okay let's try to do it but then you know march came along and then we were just like i guess we could do it you know maybe it'll happen later we'll see um and basically yeah and December of last year they're like let's try to set this up you know let's try to find a place and a time and make it happen um and yeah so that was it and then we we, we found we, we decided we found a place we decided to do it in LA just because um I do have a, a bigger fan base in the city I mean I think New York and LA and San Francisco obviously are like where I I, I have a little bit of pull so so we did it here just because we wanted to you know, an audience full of people who are somewhat familiar with what I do. Um, and we shot it in June and I thought we were going to, I thought that was it. I thought, I thought it was done, but there was a lot of, you know, post-production and, mm. and, and, and now here we are. And now there's interviews and hanging out and promoting the thing. Shane, come on. You worked in TV. You know, that's not done after shooting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Post-production is come a on. Come on. I know, but I, I left that world, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I know. It's um, it was a lot. I, I was suddenly. I thought I was. I, I, I just. I didn't even think about all the little decisions I would have to be making. Mm. You know, what is the font on the billboard? What is the? Oh um, right, the, the picture, the, the like color, the, yeah, the main the palette, the, the vibe, all that stuff. I was like, I thought you know, but yeah, and and and, and you know, I, I and then and then we edited it. And I was like, did you sit in the editor's room for that? I didn't sit in the room. We did it all remotely. Okay, a number of like back and forth because. It was a, it was, it was kind of a, a wild taping that night. It was a Sunday night. I wanted it to be like a, a Sunday. It was kind of casual, low, lower, lower expectations. Um, Sunday fun day vibes. And um, <laughs> the first show, we did two tapings, two shows, so one night. And the first show was like a six o'clock show. Um, there was like quite a few interruptions during the show. Uh, at one point, I was just like too hot. Like there was just too much sweat on my neck. And then I, I forgot they, they had put me, uh, they, they gave me a wristband for security to go backstage. And I forgot to take that off. And it was starting to like be a very part of the show at one point. Mm. So we had to stop the show and then cut that off and, you know, cool down a little bit. And then there was a black, uh, there was a power outage. There was like a fire somewhere <laughs> downtown that like Jesus. knocked out the power on the block. Um, so the first show was a little bit rough um just like you know unplanned little things like that um but the second show went a little bit smoother uh but it was 
it was like exciting, but it was also exhausting. Mm-hmm. And 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 it's good, and I'm happy with it. But you know, as comedians, we're like super self-critical, and there's always things we want it to be better. Um, and for me, it was just like I, I just have this fantasy of of, of catching um, one of those magical shows. You know, like every time you do a weekend, especially in like in San Francisco, it might happen more than once, but like one out of however many shows, there's like, it's just magical. It's just mm-hmm. like people are so down. You go on stage and there's such a good, there's just a, there's so, there's so much goodwill and good faith in the room that, 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 that the first, the first wave of laughter crashes so hard that you just feel like I'm in the pocket and there's no way I'm, I'm safe here. I'm totally like, you know just free and no fear um those happen every now and then and i wanted to catch one of those but it wasn't that but it was still mm. a good show we'll yeah. film your next special in the city yeah we will be yeah. in the audience and we will yeah hopefully I, think yeah I, I that was that was a consideration like i definitely you know i'm, I'm uncomfortable in the clubs that's especially mm-hmm. a nice room like that you know it's very important like com- stand-up comedy is such a specific medium like it needs to be i mean it's really a live medium it's really hard to capture this you know and 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 present it the, the way you know, with all that energy like you know in, 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 a, in a in a stream to someone's living room um so yeah i, I was trying to just have fun mm-hmm. that was the one kind of thing i told myself was make sure you try to have fun on stage um but yeah, it's 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 hard. Unless, so we thought about filming. I thought about filming it in, in the club, and that was it's an obvious thought uh, idea. But um, but it, we kind of also wanted to do it in a theater just to be, just to make it like give it a little bit more of a, a grandiosity to it, I guess, or just something. I don't know, just make it a bit, make it seem a little bit nicer. But I I, I think for me, it's just a, cl- a, a intimate club setting is like the best for stand up. Yeah, I've. Go ahead, Ange. No, I was just going to say, I, well, you seem real comfortable on that stage. And I couldn't tell that any of that shit had happened. Just so you know, I was just like, he's in his element. The timing, your timing was perfect. I, I couldn't tell any of that. But when you when you talk about how self-critical comedians are, I just wonder how in the first place do you even say, OK, this is my set. I'm ready mm. to film it. How do you not want to tinker one more thing about this one line? <laughs> How do you know when you're finally ready? Like, who do you do you practice it in front of a bunch of people? Uh, good question. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, I, 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 I mean, yeah. To be honest, I feel like I could totally be in danger of doing that. Like, I could just be tinkering this set for like another few years easily. Probably. I mean, I don't know. Like, I think you know, and and I think you know your your friends and your 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 representation. Like my agent or my manager at the time was like, you just set the date and you'll work towards it. And and you know they they have already seen where I was, and they're like, I mean, you could shoot it tomorrow, and it'll be amazing. So like they, they, you know, people that I, they gave me confidence in just knowing that I, I could make it happen. But if I said it, you kind of need that. I mean, for me, I think it was very helpful to have a date. You lock in the place and time. I mean, I, I think this is also. I mean, I read about this. Like, you guys, you guys read that book, Atomic Habits? No, but no. it's on my list. Popular, it's on. I know. List. Yes. <laughs> but one of the things is you, you, you say a date and time. For as small mm-hmm. as like what you're gonna do tomorrow, if you're going to exercise, 
instead of saying, I'm going to try to exercise tomorrow, you say, I am going to exercise at nine or at eight or whatever it is here, how I'm going to do that. And you can even link it to something you're going to do for sure already, like brush your teeth. After you brush your teeth, you're going to do your thing. So there's like these things you can do to like build a, a habit, a routine into your life, you know. Um, so I think same as sort of like for me, when this thing came up, I was like, once we set the day and the time, I was like, okay, it was, it was like, it was like six months out, but, um, I was like, all right, well, let, let, let's get on, let's just run it a bunch. Let's, you know, I was traveling, I was doing shows on three, two, three weeks a week, a month. Um, mm. oh, there was a run of like six, seven weeks straight. Um, but it, you know, it got to the point, I mean, yeah, it's hard to say. Like for me, I I love the process, you know, and I think why it was so hard for me to make all those little decisions after the fact for post production and for and for marketing is because mm. those are just like one decision and you're done, and there's no like feedback or round of like, you know, I mean, you can kind of get rounds of like this is how you know according to your idea, this is how they adjusted it and stuff, but you know, as standups, we're so used to just, we, we'll, we'll try a joke. We'll try a different way. And we'll, we'll, we'll say it, we'll try to say it from the heart, try to, you know, and, and so it's, it's just like where you, I'm used to, I'm used to having that like refining process. Um, and, but, but once you set a, a deadline, I feel like you definitely like kick it into high gear and you're like, okay, let's, let's get the, all these jokes to, the, you know their fullest potential you mm. know um and even after the fact like i still i i, I still ran that set a couple of times like since we've since we taped it before it's been released like we're, I'm, that, that that is now that that set is now done but i had found just like a small difference i could have said this word uh <laughs> a little bit more like you know emotion in this one particular word i, I could have made this joke a little bit stronger um so yeah, it, 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 there's there's like you know there is no end I guess to some some extent, but like I think once you set a date and time, especially after you've you know done it for a while and you feel like you've it's in a it's in a good place and then you just got to take it to the best place I guess, um, yeah. I didn't realize, and it makes sense that once you do a set and you record it for a special, it just kind of you put it away. But how does how does that feel? I mean, that's a those are that's years of work. Mm -hmm. You put it to bed. <laughs> they they say it's burned. You burn the material. Um, I mean, yeah, it's um, it's years of work, but it's also like liberating. Mm. Um, now you're free to mm -hmm. now. Now mm -hmm. I'm just out there trying to like. I mean, of course, I'm honing some of the jokes I'm working on, but I'm mostly just trying to have fun. And and I mean, it's always trying to have fun, but like now I just feel like I'm exploring as much as like I'm just kind of trying to trying to find yeah new things um and it's just a lot of um yeah open openness and open exploration mm. um, which is fun um i, I but I, again I, I just love the process i love that part i love finding a new area but i also love just like taking a, a pretty written joke and pushing it just a little bit further and finding you know whether it's a new new tagline, a new laugh I can squeeze out of it, or just a, a stronger response by doing this a little bit different. Mm -hmm. It's it's that's that that for me is the most fun and fulfilling part. It's just making it and then making it better. Mm -hmm. You know.
I, I wonder how much I wonder if how much of that is connected to you also having a being a photographer, having having an eye for seeing a situation differently, because I think one of the most exciting things about you as a comedian is when you come on stage, you will never guess what you're going to fucking talk about. Like mm. I have I had no idea you were going to make me laugh out loud about cookie sheets, you know. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's just <laughs> something that's really exciting about you as a comedian that you can really just take a situation that we've seen every day and, and make it funny when we didn't even know it could be funny. So um, but the way that your comedy is, um, I would imagine it's hard for people to heckle you. Because you're not really pushing on certain triggers, but I'm right. I'm wondering, have you ever had anyone heckle you, and how do you kind of deal with that kind of situation? Um, yeah, I, I don't I don't invite much interaction from the audience in general. Mm -hmm. um, I'm usually there's just to do my thing. That's I'm I'm not that's not that's just the type of comedy that I, I like to do um, is to share these little surprises. Basically, that's kind of I think what it is. Um, um i yeah i don't normally get too much but if it if i do like if it's really a problem it's usually just someone that's drunk and clearly out of line so it's not really hard for me to either you know there's there, everyone's not no, no one's going to be on their side for the most part so i usually i i just point out how they're what i just if i just repeat what they said and make a small comment you know it's it's not hard to deal with those situations for the most part it's not like you know it's yeah it's just it's just it's usually it's a, it's a small part of the show if if it, if it, if it happens um yeah um <laughs> are you are you going to just stay in the lane of stand up right now or do you think you'll go back to you know writing for a show do you want to act because um, some some standups are yeah. you know they're they're doing that. Yeah, um, I mean I'm just grateful to be right here uh, and to have like this platform. Um, I think I'm. I just want to focus on doing this, um, especially after you know after you do an hour like this material again that it's retired or burned or put to bed. So you there's sort of a natural cycle that you can you, you can kind of fall into where you you know this is done so you work on the next one for the next few months to a year a year two years whatever it is and then you go on tour and then at the end of that tour when everything's you know refined then you tape it again so that's the next special then that's sort of the cycle so i kind of want to see what this next hour is going to look like so far as you know the process and and, and and how long it takes for me to like figure it out and and, and do another tour and see just like how this next round will feel different because of this first one, you know? Mm. Um, so I'm really curious just, you know, just to see like what, what how this moves forward. Um, so I want to, and, and, and I'm still just the most um, interested and in, 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 in love with doing stand-up. So that's really what I want to push. Um, I'm doing a few like random things. I'll, I'll, I'll do some voiceover work um but i'm not uh, really i'm not really like pushing to do any much like acting or um or, or, or tv writing or anything like that i really want to just focus on the stand-up i'm open to you know I'll, I'll i'll hear people out and see but yeah my main focus right now is is, is just figuring out this next hour 
Before we wrap, do you have some dates coming up yet? Or are you taking a break and then you're going to be out there? Uh, this week, I'm, on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I'll be in Denver at the, there's a High Plains Comedy Festival. That's so it's just a fun oh. time. Um, that's it. And then after that, I'm kind of just hanging out, traveling a little bit, uh, but just doing a bunch of little sets wherever I can and, and figuring out uh, more comedy. Taking vacation, I hope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or try to relax as well. But I'm, I mean, I'm always taking a little vacations. I feel like mm-hmm. <laughs> they're necessary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we've been talking with Shang Wang. Uh, he's got a Netflix special out now called Sweet and Juicy. Very proud of him. We've only known him for God, I don't know. I don't even want to know how many years we've known you. <laughs> So 20 know. almost i don't know 15 20 yeah, i don't know like Who 15 knows? yeah but really proud of what you're doing and, and what you're saying and just being out there and and, and continuing to hone your craft it's it's great <laughs> thank you thank you yeah it's, a, it's, a, it's yeah a, yeah i can't believe we've known each other for so long it's been a long journey look at us now <laughs> yeah in the bathroom uh, <laughs> our hair is much longer two of us anyway yeah two of you yeah that uh, hair is oh, something yeah. shang thank you yeah i don't know it's unexpected had no idea <laughs> um it's a fun little bonus you know? yeah yeah I mean, I really, it's nice hair too it's a shame I mean, to cut that nice hair yeah it's only because people keep saying nice things otherwise <laughs> I would have cut this a long time ago, but, and then and then slowly it just has become like it just feels like it feels like it's me now. Um, mm. But I'm also not attached to it in that like I'm gonna you know as whenever it's time to go, then I'll just let it go. No, but do you do anything to it, or does it just lie beautifully and shiny like that? You could be a hair I, model, I, seriously. I, I don't. I don't. I mean. I use mostly just like whatever my partner can't use or doesn't want to use anymore. <laughs> um, the leftovers. Yeah, I, my whole beauty <laughs> regimen is leftover stuff. Um, she's allergic to that now, so I, okay, I got right. you got whatever. It yes, is. Like, that's how I guess I just come up on all these different a variety of. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't. I don't do much. It really is just shampoo and conditioner. Um, my, Keeping it simple. Yeah. No hair mask. No, no, I don't even know what that is. Okay, <laughs> neither did my husband. He's like, "What's a hair mask?" I'm like, I don't have time. Look into it. For um, special yes. Shang. Google, ah. Google, Shang. It's a pleasure. You know, um, come back anytime. I hope we get to see you at the punchline again soon. Um, yeah, for sure. I'm sorry I missed you in Texas. That was random. Also, when you were there in July, June, yeah, late yeah, June. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was like July Fourth weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, time. I, you look like you had fun. <laughs> da- I mean, it's weird. Like Dallas, the botanical garden in Dallas is great. I'm okay. sorry. I I mean, I'm just no, please, yeah, yeah. Dallas. I mean, so this is what I do when I tour. This is where I'm at in life. I mean, we talked about Costco. <laughs> talked about the joys of little things in life, but. I'm I'm at that place where I, I I buy a a membership to a garden. Oh, I love that. And yep, you you with that one membership, you can use it at like 300 gardens across the country. So every big city you go to, there's going to be a botanical garden or conservatory. Denver has one. Denver has yeah. A 
Denver has been, yeah. Denver was the first botanical garden I went to where their ponds and all their water features are dyed black. Really? The water is dyed black. Um, and, and it's to, the, the idea is to prevent algae from blooming. Ah, mm. oh. Algae takes life and oxygen out of the water. Well, have you seen what's going on in Oakland? Yeah, Anyways. I've heard. Scary, mm-hmm. right? So they need to get scary that black dye in that water. Get that black mm-hmm. dye in there. Yeah, it's not that hard. Seriously, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Talk to the Denver. Yeah, it's also <laughs> yeah. Great. Talk to talk Denver. To Denver. Talk to Denver. They got a guy. Yeah, black dye. They... <laughs> a black dye guy. Yeah, exactly. Dye. They'll FedEx <laughs> it right away. Fix you right yeah. Up. Fix you yeah. Up. <laughs> so I did not know that. Okay, yeah, it, that's a good was... life tip. Shang, you're teaching us yeah. right now. I mean, I'm spreading the. I mean, I learned it at the at the Denver Botanical Garden. They do it for the black. They do it for the algae, but it it, it also is quite picturesque. You see a a lotus bloom and a lily mm. pad or whatever on just like a mm-hmm. black surface. Mm. Gorgeous. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's my move. I get a botanical. I get a membership at one of these gardens. You just whatever one you go to, get the one there. Ideally, it's not the one closest to your. Because in LA, there's two big ones, but they don't accept each other's memberships. Like Why? If you from out of state or somewhere else, they'll both take it. Oh, come on. They have a 90 mile exclusion. Oh, got and it, got it, got it. Thing for all these, all these, it's all linked under this one umbrella membership system. But that's what I do. I go to the thing. I love so it. Denver has a, I mean, Denver has a great one. Dallas has a great one. And Dallas also has, um, a, I don't know if you, it's on my Instagram, but big shucks this great like kind i of, saw that and i was like i want to go there it's yummy and it's like <laughs> casual and it's real chill we really good vibes san antonio also has a botanical garden and they also have a really cool historic miniature golf course from 1929 san antonio does mm-hmm. okay so cool cool things to do in texas i'm i'm, I'm just learning this stuff now um but well, so Ange was she met us in Texas in Austin and we had a we had a blast. Awesome. We had so much of a blast. Two out of four of us got covid. But anyways, mm-hmm. um, but we were also there when Roe v. Wade was overturned and man, <laughs> it was a lot. It was a yeah. lot in like four days. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I have hope for Texas. I know you're from there and your family's there and there are fun things to do in texas there's fun things to do there's young people there are young people yes hopefully the future i don't know will will, will be good but yeah it's a scary it's a scary time i mean you grew up there do you feel safe in texas or is it weird now in texas yeah to be honest like i was thinking about that when i was in dallas or san antonio like it feels a little scary it just feels a little dangerous. It feels, mm-hmm. I mean, just just with that Roe v. Wade thing, like it just made me feel a little bit like, you know, yeah, it, it felt real and dystopian, you know, like mm-hmm. I just feel like what this this supposedly like really free state is getting really scary with all these rules. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I, you know, I would have I, I would have some weed on me, and I'm just be like, uh, I don't know. It just felt like, I, yeah, I just I, I didn't. I mean, between that and 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 just racism in general yeah exactly <laughs> yep um yeah it can be um it can feel that way again i i i you know houston's home i have family there and and, and for the most part i enjoy my visits mm-hmm. but there's times when yeah i think about 
what a weird, what, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. The drive between Austin and Fort Worth is interesting. That's all I'll say. I'm yeah. just like, I don't think we should stop here. Um, <laughs> I'm not I, comfortable. Again, <laughs> uh, they're cute. The, like, like, like. There's a part of me that wants to be in those places. There's a part of me that wants to go yes. explore and take pictures and walk around and try to find, you know, visually, I, I, they can be very interesting and appealing to me. But I also feel like they can be scary, like unwelcoming places as well. For sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Should we land on an up note? <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I'm the one who asked. Well, I'm sure you've been to the Huntington Library Botanical Gardens. That's Love like the, the you could spend like three days there. Anyway, I just wanted to throw that out there for anybody yeah. listening. The Huntington Library, like oh. it's it's like five million gardens in one. And yeah, I, I went there with my camera and spent mm-hmm. the whole day. And um, yeah, so thank you, Shane. I really am going to do this. I'm going to do this whole garden thing because I want to do a road trip yeah. cross country and get a little membership going, get another it. membership to add to do my that. Costco. So yeah. it's all about the well, yeah, member, members good, only life. Yeah, members find, only. finding that joy. And the oh, in memberships. Well, okay, I'll, savings. I'll, I'll, <laughs> savings. <laughs> I'll finish this off because I was going to ask you while you're talking about Hatch Chilies because my husband's obsessed with Hatch Chilies. Uh, last year, for part of our honeymoon, we went to New Mexico for like ten days. I can't remember. It was beautiful, um, and our friends were who were staying with um, made a Hatch Chili, almost like Alfredo, mm-hmm. and it was one of the best things we ate so if you still have that those hatch chilies look up i think it's like it's just sour cream hatch chilies seriously oh. i don't know if you put parmesan in it and then oh. noodles mm-hmm. so good oh damn but i don't know if, if you don't eat dairy but oh, i mean pizza. i love but, dairy i'm trying to avoid dairy but right i know but you know if you can splurge if you yeah, can splurge yeah, yeah. throw in that uh, sour cream Earn yeah. Very credits. Yeah. Find that recipe because it was really good. Okay. Really, really good. Yeah. Thank you. Thank but you. we we are real proud and can't wait to see you in person. And we hope that everyone's watching this special because it's out there. Thank you. Yeah. Streaming now. Thanks, everybody. If you like what you hear, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information about us, you can head to bitchtalkpodcast.com. This podcast is created, hosted, and executive produced by Aaron Lim. My co-host is Angela Tabora, a.k.a. Captain Party. The show's edited by producer Shar. We're powered by GoTo Productions. This podcast is a proud member of the BFF.FM podcast network. Learn more at podcast.bff.fm. BFF.FM, best frequencies forever.